Welcome to the Nurse and Midwife Support Podcast, Your Health Matters. I'm Mark Aiken, the podcast host. I'm the Stakeholder Engagement Manager with Nurse and Midwife Support, and I'm a registered nurse. Nurse and Midwife Support is the national support service for nurses, midwives and students. The service is anonymous, confidential and free, and you can call us anytime you need support. 1-800-667-877 or contact us via the website nmsupport.org.au Hello and welcome to Your Health Matters podcast. The podcast title today is How Professional Boundaries Can Be Integral to Your Self-Care. And the title of this podcast, which will become clear throughout our conversation, is That's Enough Now. So hopefully that's hooked you right from the beginning because it certainly hooked me when I read it. And I'm really pleased to welcome my guest today, Dr. Wendy McIntosh, PhD, registered nurse and consultant with Dava Consultancy Training and Development. So hello and welcome, Wendy. And please tell us a bit about yourself and your background. Thanks very much, Mark. And I am so delighted to be here and to have a conversation with you. Mark, I'm from Scotland. Some of the listeners may already have picked that up from the west coast of Scotland, from an area that Paul McCartney sang about, actually, the Mull of Kintyre. And I did my nurse training, general nursing initially, and then psychiatric nursing, as it was called in those days, in hospitals in Glasgow. Um, in Scotland. And then about 1986, I moved to Australia, initially Perth in WA, and then Queensland. And that's where I've been since 1994. So despite the accent, I am now more Australian than Scottish. (laughs) And I've always been Once I finished my general training and found psychiatric nursing, that really was where my heart was. I loved being able to be with patients, to sit with them, to walk with them, to engage with them in different activities that we did. And I really learned so much from just being in that professional relationship with patients. And as I've been reflecting and doing my work in professional boundaries, I can see that they were my teachers in so many ways about professional boundaries. And then in a job as an educator, I was invited by the director of the hospital to do some education on professional boundaries. And I got really hooked uh, into the topic. I think at that time, which would have been about 2003, 2004, I probably knew as much about professional boundaries as anyone else, which was do not have a personal relationship with your patients under any circumstances. I had no idea really at the time what that meant. I mean, I had some idea, obviously, but you know, that this has been an incredible journey for me, Mark. 
And it has become a life's work. So really since 2005, professional boundaries has been what my focus has been. And every time I do a workshop, every time I do one-on-one work with a person, I learn so much more. So I'm really grateful. I think this conversation, I'll probably learn some more again. And um, I do one-on-one work. I do a lot of workshops. Uh, where I'm invited by organizations to do workshops on professional boundaries or working with mental well-being in the workplace or how to develop depth and connection within teams that are newly forming or where there's been disunity and they really want to look at how to bring unity back to the team. I've had a great privilege of being able to develop internet tools, one of them being on professional boundaries, to develop a series of podcasts on professional boundaries. And that was a huge learning for me. I really learned a lot more about what drew me into this area. Um, I've developed a podcast workbook that goes with that. I've developed some flashcards so when I go to workshops, uh, I put them out on the table and ask people to choose a letter. And each card, um, each letter has three words connected to professional boundaries. And I give them those three words as a gift to them to take away. Um, professional boundaries, Mark, is, is an ongoing process. It's, um, it's something that once we start on the journey, uh, we should never close the door to learning. So that's a bit about me. <laughs> oh, thanks, Wendy. Well, I think today we're speaking to exactly the right person about this very important topic. And I think that nurses and midwives broadly know what professional boundaries mean, as you say. Like I've, you know, always thought I had a broad understanding, but was only when I worked with you, Wendy, and you did some training for our group of clinicians of nurse and midwife support, that I came to realise that professional boundaries is multi-layered and there's many facets to it. And I think it's really important that nurses and midwives have conversations about professional boundaries and are actually given permission to speak about those boundaries and to be skilled in relation to them and boundary transgressions and how to manage boundary transgressions, which we'll talk about today. So, Wendy, given that, I think it's really useful if we start with um, your definition of professional boundaries. The definition that I use in workshops and training is one that appears frequently in most of literature around professional boundaries, and, and that's that professional boundaries are the limits that protect the space between a professional's power and a client's vulnerability. And that in itself says a lot But if you don't actually understand what it really means, it means nothing. (laughs) So I then add some other bits that go something like professional boundaries is about your safety. When you are safe with your boundaries, your professional relationship with your patient will be safe. 
Professional boundaries is also about your well-being. If you establish and maintain good boundaries, your well-being will be sustained for much longer in this profession, which asks a lot, be that a nurse or a midwife. But the, the most common definition are the limits that protect the space. And that space is really important. That's the psychological, emotional, physical space between two people. In this case, the professional's power and the client's vulnerability. Thanks, Wendy. That's a really great and comprehensive definition. Why are professional boundaries important, do you think, for nurses and midwives to have? I think they're really important, Mark, because when we really understand them, we understand that professional boundaries starts and ends with us. So we need to have a really good sense and awareness of who we are when we go to work each day, who we are when we interact with each patient that we interact with, and indeed collegially as well. And by that, I mean the nurse that I am to patient A could be quite different to the nurse I am to patient B. And that might be based on gender, age, tone of voice, how they address me, how I address them. So the who in me is not just Wendy, the nurse, when I go to work. It's what age is Wendy operating from when she talks to, to patient A compared to what age is Wendy when she talks to patient B. So I think it's really important because every day preparing to go to work, we prepare to meet with patients that will potentially trigger different internal role systems for us. We understand ourselves. We understand boundaries better. We understand what's going on for us in response to the relationships we're having with our patients. That's a really, really important point too, Wendy. Could you talk a bit more about that concept of what age is the nurse when she or he might be interacting with patient A as opposed to patient B? What does that exactly mean? Yeah, so some I can talk from my experience. Mark, there's been some patients that I've worked with. Maybe they'd be ages with my parents, so age respective. And there would be a tone of voice like, oh, for goodness sake, nurse, and I go internally, I wasn't at all conscious, but internally something was triggered for me. It was like I was in relationship with my mother. And uh, so quite often I would then respond from the role of a child, you know, like, well, it's none of your business or, you know. So this kind of relationship that can be triggered really quickly that takes us out of that professional role into a much younger role response. Other patients might say things like, um, oh, goodness, you're just like my granddaughter. And if I'm not going to work fully prepared with boundaries and say, for example, I've just lost my grandmother and I'm still grieving for her, 
then for a patient to say that in such a loving way, oh my goodness, you're just, you're so like my granddaughter, then that could be a trigger that takes me into a relationship with her where it's granddaughter, grandmother, rather than nurse uh, patient. So I potentially will lose my objectivity. I will potentially slip out of my professional role. And maybe I give that patient a bit more attention, a bit more care, a bit more kindness. So who we are when we're relating in a moment with all patients is very important, Mark. Yeah, I think absolutely, Wendy. So what I hear from this is that really, despite the fact that we're nurses and midwives and we're we're trained, you know, hopefully, uh, to an extent around awareness and knowledge around professional boundaries, at the end of the day, we're all human with our, you know, our past, our upbringing, you know, trauma perhaps, um, significant things that have happened in our life that we've packed away and we, you know, because we're human, we may be triggered by an interaction with the patient. We may not necessarily notice that. And what I'm hearing here, Wendy, is that it's really useful if nurses and midwives have an awareness of this and that they will inevitably be triggered by an interaction with a patient or a client or, you know, that person they're caring for to actually then, you know, not bury that trigger or response, but to notice it uh, and their reaction and to give themselves some space and time to reflect on that and perhaps get some support around how they're feeling and why they're feeling that way and to explore that a bit so they can better understand it. Would you say that's kind of a reasonable summation of some of what you talked about there? Yeah, I think that's, um, you're, you're just absolutely correct there, Mark. And um, there are a couple of questions that I'll pose to people I see. And one of those questions will be, what age was the other person in the moment of that interaction you had? What was the drama? So it might be nurse-patient, but is there an earlier drama that's now been drawn out? What age were you and what role were you in? So professional boundaries for me, Mark, does really invite us to engage in self-inquiry and self-reflection. And sometimes, Mark, it's not till we're driving home or walking home and we go, gosh, that was really interesting. Like, I've never said that to a patient before or I've never agreed to that with a patient before. And that's just because when we're at work, we're busy. Most nurses and midwives work in highly emotive, reactive circumstances. And so we just, we just do, 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 do. And it's not until we're away from the doing that we have time unconsciously most of us to process it. But those are really good red flags. Why this patient? Why now? Yes, I think really this goes to the important, Wendy, of clinical supervision for nurses and midwives. And we 
had a whole podcast on the importance of clinical supervision. So I'll put the link to that podcast, John, with Julie Sharrock in the show notes for this episode. But I also think it goes to the importance of that if you are triggered by an interaction or a reaction to somebody you're caring for and you feel uncomfortable and you feel like you need to talk about it and you need support in a confidential way, that's a reason you can call nurse and midwife support. Our registered nurses and midwives understand the world you live and work in. We've all potentially and probably been where you are at and uh, you can contact the service on 1800 667 877 or via our website nmsupport.org.au. Now, as we identified, Wendy, at the beginning of this podcast, this subject is multi-layered and multifaceted. And I'm interested in how you became interested in this subject. Yeah, that's such a good question, Mark. Um, as I said earlier, I was an educator at a psychiatric hospital, mental health hospital, when the director of nursing asked me to do some education on professional boundaries. And I did get interested in it because I had to read, I had to research. I ran a hypothetical as part of the workshop and that was really interesting because I had people in different roles, uh, the role of a patient, the role of a nurse, the role of a family member, the role of a representative from a regulatory board. And I just asked them to respond as though they were those people. And that was really like one of those light bulb moments for me about, oh my goodness, there can be this interaction between two people and everybody in the room sees something different or hears something different or interprets it different. So that got me really interested. And then I went along to a two-day seminar on professional boundaries and one of the keynote speakers was... Uh, Dr. Glenn Gabbard, who was considered at the time and possibly still is to be a bit of a guru in the area of professional boundaries. And of course, they asked if there was any questions from the audience. I stood up and I said, I really like what you're saying about professional boundaries and I, I really am on board. However, I'm a nurse. And you're talking about receptionists to make appointments, about saying goodbye to one client and then having time to write your notes before the next client comes in. This is in the therapeutic or the psychiatrist domain. I said, but as much as we don't have that kind of privilege of time, I might see a patient walk out and another patient asks me for their medication. I don't have time to do the processing. And in all seriousness, he looked at me and he said, well, I think that's something that nurses have to sort out then. And I went, challenge accepted. And that's what got me going, Mark. I thought, yeah, I'm going to really work at this and really figure out um, how do we do professional boundaries as nurses and midwives? How can we do them better? How can we ensure that we look after that relationship that we have with our patients 
in a safe and respectful way. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, Wendy. I imagine every nurse and midwife listening to this podcast would have had that moment in their career where they hear a great speaker and they feel a call to action to engage in a particular area or further their curiosity around exploring it and for many people I think that's a results in further study or a a career passion and a life passion so sounds like that's been your your experience here now I know you've got a PhD Wendy we said that at the beginning of the podcast can you share a bit about what you did your PhD on was it related to this this topic not at the time (laughs) but I refer to it uh, frequently in training that I do or one-to-one work that I do Mark so I was working in a specialized trauma unit and I noticed the interactions that patients had with us with other patients and in fact the relationship that they had with themselves which uh, resulted in lots of self-harm and behaviors and at the time I was thinking I wanted to do research on workplace bullying because I'd experienced workplace bullying Um, and as I started to research the literature on workplace bullying I realized I'd also been a perpetrator of Uh, workplace bullying in my life and I thought how can I how can I do something different it's an area that's been well researched and uh, as good supervisors do they said see if you can find a gap so I worked in this environment with patients where every boundary had been violated in childhood sexual physical emotional, psychological. And then I'd go into the nursing tea room and I would watch and be part of conversations or interactions and I'd go, oh my goodness, this is like, it feels like I've just walked out of one ward into like another ward. I wonder if shame, because shame was the overriding emotional experience of patients who've experienced trauma. I wonder if shame is a missing link in workplace bullying. And so that became the topic of my PhD, shame in a nursing culture. And what I wanted to look at was, did that exist? And if it did, could that be a bit of the missing link in terms of the literature on workplace bullying and unless we owned shame that might be there in the nursing profession for whatever reason unless we explored it had robust discussions about it then my concern was that we would continue to perpetrate shame on other people yeah i think that's a fascinating area to explore wendy and um no doubt people will be very interested to connect with your work and they can do that via your website. Can you share those website details again with us, please, Wendy? So it's 
www.dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash-dash
perhaps even post-traumatic stress disorder because of the work environment and the trauma that we have to deal with uh, from patients' experiences. Good professional boundaries in place mean that we go to work each day and we know what we have to do. We're really clear about what we have to do, what we've been paid to do, rather than what we want to do, which is a really important element in professional boundaries. If I want to go in and make everybody feel good, if I want to go in and make people feel better, uh, that is just beyond my capacity. But can I go in and provide really good wound care? Yes, I can. Can I go in and ensure that the medication I'm about to administer is the correct medication? Yes, I can do that. So good boundaries means I am really clear on what is expected of me as a nurse, as opposed to what do I, Wendy, want to be able to do today for the patients that I provide care to. Thanks, Wendy. I think they're really important points. And go to the issue that we've spoken to quite a bit in this podcast, that there's so many layers to this important discussion. Communication is a key element, I believe, in establishing professional boundaries. And it's something nurses and midwives often contact us about, how they can effectively communicate with their patients or the people they care for, their colleagues, and indeed people outside of work. So how can nurses and midwives communicate more effectively, do you think, Wendy, to establish and maintain professional boundaries? So I think, Mark, again, it comes back to when we really understand and integrate boundaries into a professional role, that's a really important first step to really understand the nuances and complexities, and they are multi-layered, as you say. When I see someone because a complaint has been put in against them, for example, to a regulatory body, then part of what is really confronting for them is how little they knew about professional boundaries in terms of those nuances and the complexities. So it's important that we understand that. And then I believe we need to develop the courage and the professional authority to be able to establish and maintain boundaries. Now, I want to be really clear, Mark. To me, there's a big difference between professional authority and being authoritarian. In professional authority, I mean that I have a really good understanding of my professional codes, my code of ethics, my code of conduct. I've been through the criterias. I've discussed the criterias with trusted colleagues. I've really got to understand what am I being asked of as a professional, so that I'm not just saying to patient A, okay, 
we're not going to go there anymore. That's not a topic that I'm prepared to talk to you about. I'm not only doing that to protect my personal life and perhaps my family, but I'm talking from the authority of my professional codes that say be really careful around self-disclosure because you're there to provide care. You're not there to talk about yourself and you're certainly not there to talk about issues that's going on for you in your life. We, we, I'm really strong in this, Mark. No nurse or midwife should be going in and talking to any client about how awful the workplace is, how awful their life is, because patients worry about us. And we should never walk out of a room and have that patient concerned about our well-being. So we need to we need to develop the courage to be able to say, thank you so much for inviting me to your birthday party. I am not able to do that. Thank you. Thank you for asking me uh, what my mobile number is. However, I will not be giving you my mobile number. And the third part of that, Mark, which is going a bit deeper, is that we have to understand that saying no, setting limits, is not something to be guilty about. It's actually a responsibility and a duty of care. So many people that I've worked with over the years have said, oh, I feel really guilty. Like, you know, I think I should be giving this patient more. Um, this patient is very lonely and I just want to decrease their sense of loneliness. I don't want to upset them. I don't want to offend them. And I will work with them on that role development to move them beyond feeling guilty to really appreciating that certain boundaries in some cases could be life-saving. Yeah, they're very important points, Wendy, and um, thank you for raising those. And if you want to read more about what Wendy's talking about here, once again, I'd encourage you to check out Wendy's website and her excellent blog, That's Enough Now, How Professional Boundaries Can Be Integral to Your Self-Care, and those are available on our website. And I think what I've really connected with, with here, Wendy, is once again, check in with yourself regularly. And if you feel uncomfortable about an interaction with somebody you're caring for, talk to somebody about it. And you can call Nurse and Midwife Support to do that. 1-800-667-877 or contact us via the website nmsupport.org.au. Wendy, if a nurse or midwife finds themselves in a situation where boundaries are transgressed, what is the best way for them to communicate this? And is that's enough now a statement they could use? It is a statement to use internally. It's like a red flag. And sometimes our body responds quicker than our brain. So our, our body, you know, we put a hand up 
or we cross our arms or we move back. In a way, that's our body setting a boundary. So if we can capture our body giving us a message, then internally we go, that's enough now. And then that starts an internal line of inquiry like, what's that's enough now? Um, is that too much personal questions the patient's asking me? Um, uh, are they asking me questions that would take me beyond my scope of practice? So that's enough now as an internal red flag for us to pay heed to and then start an internal line of inquiry. Mark, I think when we recognise that a transgression has occurred, and again, we might not get it in the moment. It might be driving home. It might be reading something. It might be listening to one of my blogs, for example. Uh, because again, if we don't actually understand what professional boundaries are, then how do we know we've actually transgressed them? So the first thing to do would be a series of questions, which is, what was the purpose of what I said and did? This is internally. Whose needs were being met? Was there another option I could have used? And what stopped me using another option? I'm just going to revisit those questions and tease them out a little bit more, Mark. So the first question, what was the purpose of what I said or did? So if in the moment, for example, a patient says, oh, I'd really like you to come to my 21st birthday party. And I've really enjoyed the relationship that I've had with the patient. I've only ever seen it as professional. It's been complimentarily reciprocal. So it doesn't come as a main surprise to me that I've been asked the 21st birthday. And I don't really think it through and I say, um, oh, um, oh, okay. So if we go to that first question, what was the purpose of me accepting that? Initially, I would say, well, the purpose was the patient asked me. So, of course, I just said yes. But we have to go deeper and we go, yeah, but what was the, what was the main purpose? Oh, well, I quite like the patient. I didn't want to offend them. It was such a nice invite. So then we go to the next question. Whose needs were being met? First space again. Well, the patient's like, the patient invited me, so I just thought it was a reasonable thing to do to say yes. Dig deeper. Whose needs were being met? Again, there's a part of me that really wanted to go to that 21st party, so I said yes. Was there any other options I could have used? And Mark, in the work I've done, I've been able to identify there will always be at least five options to that initial response. But we can only develop those five options through really understanding professional boundaries. So was there other options? Absolutely. I could have laughed it off. I could have said, no way, Jose. I could have said, uh, Wow, that's a really nice invite. Sorry, I can't go. There will always be at least five options. What stopped me using another option will generally take me back to question two. Whose needs were being met? Mine. I actually really wanted to go and celebrate this person's 21st birthday. 
I've been traveling with them over a number of months. I've watched them recover from serious injury. I've watched the love that this young person's family gave them. I was very grateful and appreciative that I was a nurse who was able to attend to this patient. And my heart was very big for this patient. So whose needs were being met? Mine. I really wanted to celebrate this person's 21st birthday because they made it through. So we ask those questions and then we go, "Mm, I accepted the invite. (laughs) Yes, that is a transgression. What do I do now? Well, I think as you've already said, I think it's good to find a trusted colleague to run this by. And by a trusted colleague, I don't mean someone who'll say, oh, don't worry about it. Off you go. Don't tell anybody. I won't tell anybody. That's, that's, not, that's not useful. I mean a trusted colleague who can say, Wendy, what was going on for you at the time when you accepted that invite? The fact that you're bringing this to me, what concerns do you have that you've accepted the invite? So a trusted colleague who, with my professional um, being in their interest, really takes me on again uh, another journey of self-awareness and self-discovery. So talk it with a trusted colleague, come up with a strategy, and that strategy would be to go back to that young person and say, you know what, uh, I really do want to thank you for your 21st birthday invitation. However, I really thought about this, and this is really a time for you to really enjoy being with your family and not to have someone um, from the hospital there to remind you of being in hospital. I mean, you don't have to be that elaborate, but you'd have to go back. Uh, well, you would. That's a very strong statement. Um, by resetting the professional boundaries, the professional thing would be to go back and say, I'm really sorry. Um, I've reconsidered and I cannot come to your 21st birthday. Good advice, Wendy. Do you think managers have a role to play here? Can they support a nurse or a midwife who may feel they've transgressed a boundary to explore that issue? Absolutely. And I think not only to explore but to role model it. Um, Professional boundaries needs to be role modelled at all levels in an organisation. And I mean that collegially as well, Mark. So in places where I've worked or in the work that I've done with people, where collegial boundaries have been blurry, then generally we will see higher incidence of transgressions uh, with patients because nobody's kind of holding the line. (laughs) And so many people that I've seen over the years, and I've said to them, who? who did you check this out with? And they said, oh, yeah, I went to my manager and he or she said that it was okay to do that. Okay, did you go and check it out with someone else? No. Okay, well, it's always good to check it out with a few people and get a bit of a barometer. Or go to the literature 
and read it. Do not just accept one person's idea or a or reinforcement that it's okay. Um, so I think managers again. What works best, Mark, is where managers really explore um, what do you think was going on for you? What do you think happened? What makes you think this was a boundary transgression? Because the more curious a manager is with a staff member, the more curious that staff member will be with themselves and their actions. And that's what we want. We want people to be curious around professional boundaries. Why now? Why this time of day? Why this patient? I've never said this. I've been I've been nursing for 25 years. I've never said this. I've never done that with any other patient. Why now is a really important question. Uh, and Mark, that requires then that nursing managers, supervisors also need to have good knowledge and good understanding of the nuances and the complexities of professional boundaries. It's more than just holding the line. It's understanding who am I when I go to work? Who am I when I'm engaging with patient A? And in what way is that different from when I'm engaging with patient B? Thanks, Wendy. Oh, goodness, there's so much I want to ask you about this, but we're really... <laughs> coming to the end of the podcast so we may have to have you back for part two uh, what I love to do Wendy as part of the podcast is ask your advice for students and early career nurses and midwives around these important issues so if you were talking to a group of students and or early career nurses and midwives what would you say to them about professional boundaries I would say professional boundaries is about your safety. When you're safe in your boundaries, then the relationship that you have with your patient will be much safer. Explore what professional boundaries is and what it means for you. Understand the context that you work in. So a nurse working in mental health, the context around professional boundaries will be somewhat different to the nurse working in accident emergency. There'll still be code of ethics, code of conduct, uh, ideals to work towards, principles to work towards around professional boundaries. But the context that you work in will change that somewhat and really understand your job description. If there's something in your job description criteria that you just do not understand, please clarify it. Because if you don't really understand it, you will make it up. And you will make it up from the familial, from the cultural, from perhaps the spiritual basis from which you come from your moral compass, your family, uh, community moral compass. And most of the time it may be okay, but sometimes that may be the transgression. So don't go to work to make things up around professional boundaries. Really understand the role that you've been paid to do. 
And if you have any concerns at all about what you say or what you do with a patient, seek out a trusted colleague. Great advice, Wendy. Thank you. Uh, and we really are at the end of the podcast. So thank you. But any final words of wisdom? I think professional boundaries is about your well-being. So think about how to establish and maintain professional boundaries to sustain you in the career that you've chosen to be in and probably love. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful wisdom, Wendy. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your expertise, your passion for this really important subject, your time and your willingness to share all of your wisdom and learnings. Thanks very much, Wendy. It's been a great conversation. I know our listeners will benefit from it. And if you want more information, check out Wendy's website. Those details again, Wendy? Um, so the www, w, Devar, D for Donald, A for Apple, V for Victor, A for Apple, A for Apple, R for Robert, dot com dot au. Thank you very much. So if remember, if this podcast has raised any issues for you or concerns, please contact Nurse and Midwife Support for support. We're ready, willing and able to speak to you and support you. 1-800-667-877 or via the website nmsupport.org.au. Look after yourselves and each other and I'll speak to you next time. Bye for now. 